0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and member FDIC. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. All right, very quickly, we're going to head into the Ashley Fine Flores text line. Uh, just uh, some responses after Specs' appearance today for the horses and horse racing in Alberta. Bob, please let Mark speak. He makes some great points and is usually correct, especially regarding Mr. Pancakes, Dustin Pinner who uh, half-assed it while he was here, 30-goal season or not. That one comes to us from Sam on the north side. Again, if you read Speck's piece today, he was talking about uh, uh, a famous McTavish quote on Dustin Penner. you know, brought in to to be a top-six guy. And my point is, he scored 90 goals in the four seasons that he was here. No other Oiler player was uh, in the 70s during that four-year run. He was a top-six guy, even though he wasn't deployed as one by Craig, who... You know, I like Craig McTavish, but he didn't have time for Penner. If you look at some of the other numbers on Penner, they would suggest that maybe he was a better player than people gave him credit for. You know, people, you have your favorites. We got a lot of Oilers fans that thought that Ryan Smith walked on water, that he was an unbelievable player. He was a good player. Dustin Penner was a good player who won a couple Stanley Cups along the way. We were also talking about Zach Cassian. Uh The Don says Bob. The Don is shaking his head at Spectre's stupidity. <laughs> you need to open up the phone lines. One more texter comes in saying, Bob, P.S., love the passion from you and Speck. It's good to live in a city that lives and loves its hockey. No question about it. Wow. And again, uh, Spect saying that he would have put Zach Cassie on waivers, and he didn't think that Cassie would get picked up. And my point is, he's such a unique player and there's a lack of physicality in the league, even at $3.2 for two more years, I would foresee a scenario where teams would pick uh, Cassian up. And I'm the first to tell you, Edmonton needs more out of them. Oilers come in with a record of 16-7. and 7. The Minnesota Wild are 17-6-1. Minnesota's a great 5v5 team that struggles on special teams. Edmonton's a great special team It's currently struggling on 5-on-5. Five five. We go to our Oilers Now headliner today, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best if you've ever tasted, search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Patiently waiting on the line for us is host, reporter, and hockey analyst for Bali Sports North. longtime time uh, Minnesotan that's worked on the uh, Wild broadcast for a number of years now. We welcome back to the show. We had him once on, actually, during uh, all that stuff that was happening uh, in Minnesota a couple years ago. Kevin Gorg joins us. Kevin, how you doing?
1: Bob, great to be with you. Always good when I'm in Canada to cover hockey. I've been doing this since '06, and Edmonton's one of my favorite stops. I grew up watching uh, the Oilers in the '80s when they were a dynasty. So going to the Northland's Coliseum was always one of my very favorite arenas to visit.
0: Yeah, well, and now you're here at Rogers Place, and these two teams haven't played forever. They uh, haven't played in two years. The Oilers have a completely different-looking team. Bruce Boudreaux was talking about the difference between the the team that he coached in Minnesota maybe the team that Dean Evison has, and maybe you can educate our listeners. Uh, I think Bruce said, yeah, my team is old and slow, and uh, Dean's got a fast, quick team. So what are, tell us about this hockey team and why they're 17-6-1 so far, Kevin.
1: Well, they are a different team than the one Bruce had, and it starts with uh, our number 97, Karol Kaprizov. He was a a franchise changer when he came to the Wild last year. Finally, we had waited five years for him, watched him light up the KHL. We're never sure if he was actually going to show up. We haven't had a star like this since Marion Gabrick, and he might be the best player already in franchise history. He's phenomenal, but it goes deeper than that. This is a fast team. This is a team that can play four lines, that can skate with anybody. You mentioned the five-on-five prowess of this hockey team. I think that's driven by our blue line. I know Jared Spurgeon's out tonight, but with guys like Jonas Brodin and Matt Dumba and Alex Goligosky, this is a very mobile, offensive-minded blue line, and we love to play up-tempo hockey, and it's a fun team to watch. Uh,
0: they got a big, heavy line with Eric Sinek, Greenaway, and Foligno. And that is the line. When I when I talk to people around the league about Minnesota, they recognize how special Kaprizov is, and the shootout goal that he scored the other night against the Leafs was it was cheeky and a tad obscene, to be frank with you. But Eck, Greenaway, and Felino, those guys bring it on a nightly basis. They got size and skill. It's, it's got to be pretty. I mean, put it this way: you're never getting run out of buildings when you can throw a line like that on the ice, Kevin.
1: Yeah, that's going to be the fun matchup to watch tonight, Bob. You know, the, the chess match between Tippett and Everson, uh, Edmonton and Tippett having the last change. Clearly, they're going to try to get McDavid and Dreisaitl away from that line. We just had a homestand where the Wild went 5-0, and and that was the matchup that Dean Everson tried to get almost all the time uh, in that matchup with the Maple Leafs over the weekend and Hockey Night in Canada to slow down their top line. It's a line that does so many good things. They're they're physical, as you mentioned, but they can get up and down the rink. They can defend. Eric Tonek is such an underrated center. He does so many little things so well. He agitates the opposition. He kills penalties. He goes to the dirty areas. uh, He kind of drives that line. And then the passion of that line stems from Marcus Foligno. He's the heart and soul of this hockey team. He just is one of those guys that you need in the locker room and need on the bench and then he backs it up with his play on the ice. And Jordan Greenway is a guy in the last three or four weeks has really found a different gear. This was a guy maybe a month ago that Wild fans were really frustrated with. And Dean Everson kept saying, it's coming. It's coming. This guy's starting to play the way we know he can. And in the last two weeks specifically, his game has jumped up significantly. Now he's getting involved in the offense. And I think it's not a coincidence that they put this line back together because I think Foligno and Eck bring out the best in Jordan Greenway.
0: Minnesota Wild only have one Canadian amongst their 12 forwards that are in the lineup, and yet they've got uh, a physical impetus. Uh, Hartman was a first-round pick for Chicago at a Plymouth. Interesting guy. Uh, how much are his numbers this year driven by the fact that he's playing with Kaprizov, and, or conversely, has he come back a different player this year?
1: Well, he's, he's certainly come back a better player, but you know you can't deny that when you're on the ice with uh, both Zuccarello and Kaprizov, you're going to get some looks. But he's always had the skill. People forget he was a first-round pick of the Hawks. He was a 19-goal scorer early in his career. And he kind of, like a lot of players, you know, we have Wes Walls on our broadcast tonight, and I look at how good he was as a young player, how many goals he scored here in Alberta. And then as you get to the NHL and realize there's, players on every roster that can do that, and you have to kind of adjust your game. Hartman's been one of those guys that's kind of been pigeonholed into a penalty kill third-line grinder role, and he plays that game with sandpaper and grit, so it, it brought out the best in his personality, but he's always had the skill to jump up, and now because this wild roster needed a first-line center, and they tried Eck at the start of the year, Bob, and Eck was okay there, but he's better in this role on that line with, with Greenway and Felino. and they put Hartman there, something absolutely clicked, so I think it's kind of A little bit of both. No question, Kaprizov, whoever he's on the ice with, because everybody's bringing layers of defense to slow him down, they're going to benefit, but if you watch Hartman's game, he's earning it. He's got speed. He can shoot the puck. I talked to Cam Talbot a couple days ago about his release point, how different it is with his wrist shot. It's given goalies fits for years, and now he's getting a chance to get into open spaces and use that wrist shot because of the guys he's playing
0: with. Uh, Kevin Gore joining us right now from Bally Sports North. He's worked on the Minnesota Wild broadcast since 2006. All right, uh, circling back here, still talking about your top, uh, your, your forward lines, Brent. Is it pronounced Duheim? Duheim. How do you pronounce uh, the fourth line left winger? Duheim. Duheim. This is a guy that, to be frank, he's pissed some people off around the league, hasn't
1: he? Yeah. He he plays on that edge, and you know when you when you do that, and you're a young kid, you've got to be careful because there's been a couple situations uh, where he, he maybe has gone over that line. And he's he's a fearless kid. I mean, he honest to God uh, is one of those kids that you love watching because you never know what he's going to do. But you're right, he does he does kind of dance along that line of of crossing over uh, sometimes. And I think it's it's a maturation situation where he'll get to know kind of the code in this league. How uh, the certain things you can do, certain things you can't do. He's a lovable kid. He came into camp and was an outsider. I, well, I don't think if you talked to anybody and gave them the the truth serum from the coaches to all of us in the media did not think he would make the team before training camp started and then really forced the hand of the coaches with the way he played both in the preseason and in, and in training camp. He was unbelievably good, and he hasn't missed a step since. That line that he plays on, which is, quote-unquote, the Wilds' fourth line with Bugstead and Sturm, is a sneaky good fourth line. And I think tonight, if Everson can't get the eck line out there against the, the dry, settle and McDavid line, this is the line that might fall into it. And I, I think Dean Everson made the point this morning of saying,
0: he'd be okay with that as well all right uh, no Tyler Spurgeon who remarkably was once cut by a, a peewee coach who also cut Tyler in congratulations you cut two guys that went on to play in the NHL um, but you know uh, I say Tyler I meant Jared Spurgeon Tyler obviously was the older brother Jared's a you know huge part of this team Goligoski, though last five seasons in Arizona Kevin he's got 16 points in 21 games plus 12 in the season I mean what a signing by Bill Guerin
1: Billy Guerin did his homework here I think you know a lot of times when you're a defenseman and you're playing for that team right now with where they're at um you look at the Chickering right now and you know the golf score he's putting up with all the minuses your your hands are kind of tied as a D-man out there you're not getting a lot of help the team it's in a complete rebuild uh when your star player is Phil Kessel we know the rest of the details here they're, they're being hung out to dry more often than not and Goligosky is a guy that 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 Bill Guerin in the Wild went after to replace Ryan Suter. Big shoes to fill, for sure. Big minutes, big responsibilities, but this is a veteran player. He fits the style that this team wants to play. He's got offensive skills. He likes to get involved in the rush. Going back to his days in college at the University of Minnesota, just down the road from where the Wild play, this was a power play guy that could light the lamp and could create offense. He is still that guy. And now with that change of scenery, a Minnesota guy coming back home, he's talked at great length about uh, how motivating it is to come back home and play for a contender. And so you're getting the absolute best out of Goligosky right now. Fits in the locker room really well. He's a, he's a quiet guy, but he's a confident guy. And for some of the younger players, I think he's developed into a nice kind of a leader behind the scenes.
0: Now, he's a UFA like Rask at the end of the season, and Rask was making $4 million sort of in the three-hole. Don't know if he's a priority to sign back. But in Goligosky's case, you think they've got something already in place carrying forward?
1: I, I, it sure feels like it. We don't know for sure, but you know, Minnesota guy, family from here, uh, wife that loves it back here. We just had an outdoor practice a couple weeks ago, and his family was all out there and see how much fun they're having. I think he's motivated to stay, and I think the way he's playing, Bill Guerin and the Wild are certainly motivated to keep him around, so I'd be shocked if uh, he didn't sign back with Minnesota for at least
0: another year or two all right just circling back to Suter, and uh, we discussed it earlier in the show the courage that it took uh in parisi and Suter, 2.3 million cap hits this year but then 6.3 7.3 7.3 each for the next three years i mean basically they're going to have 12 to 14 million dollars in dead cap space your thoughts on that
1: uh, the first word that comes to mind is ballsy, but you know, I mean, yep. you know, you know, Bill Guerin and I've had the great pleasure to get to know him the last couple of years. And, and all I'll say is this, he knows what it looks like and smells like around the room around the rink for a, a cup contender slash winner. He's done it on both sides of the ledger as a player and a manager and he wanted to change. He wanted to be his team. And that's nothing personal against number 11 or number 20. They were fantastic for Minnesota for me as a sideline reporter. They were pure gold. I considered them good friends. But Bill Guerin had a vision for how he wanted this thing to play out, and he was consistent with his vision. And so, yeah, it's a big roll of the dice. Um, and it's also, I think, you know, imperative if you make this move in your Bill Guerin, you trust that the younger players in this organization. I'm thinking of defenseman Kalen Addison, thinking of Matt Boldy and Marco Rossi. You trust that in the next year, that those guys are going to come in on entry level deals. And you're going to be able to kind of offset some of that with uh, the, the future of this organization with the young talent they've got in Iowa with the, the minor league team right now in the AHL. Without that, you can't do it. I mean, you just can't, you cannot do it. And so, uh, yeah, so far, uh, he looks pretty smart, right? The team has, has come together. Jared Spurgeon as a captain with Felino and Dumba by his side have created a culture where it seems like everybody's bought in these guys are having so much fun when you travel with the team as you know you get a vibe or a feel for how this yep. team is doing not just on the ice but off the ice and I can tell you I've been doing this now this is my 16th season I've never seen it this positive I've never seen a team have so much fun together and they're winning so that's a part of it and we're only a quarter way through the schedule uh, but Bill Guerin
0: sure looks like he knew what he was doing. Yeah, uh, well, and we talked earlier in the show, uh, the Wild have, uh, Kevin, five first-round picks, not in NHL. You mentioned Rossi and Boldy both uh, being in uh, Iowa, and Rossi was coming back, that, that hurt condition last year. Uh, the Oilers, I would have thought, would have had more interest in Jesper Wallstadt represented by uh, Jerry Johansson. They passed on uh, at uh, the goaltending prospect, uh, and traded down out of that slot. And then Carson Lambos is playing on Right now, they're the best junior team in Canada. I might suggest to you Edmonton with the addition uh, of Caden Gooley with four NHL first-round draft choices. All who weren't going to play for Canada the World Juniors uh, by the end of the year will be the best team. But uh, it's intriguing in the sense that they've got a lot of like they got a lot of you got four five number one guys. You got any update? Whatever happened to uh, Philip Johansson? The defense is he still on the radar? Is, is he a guy that comes over, or has he gone from being prospect to suspect? The defenseman, I
1: think he's gone. I, I haven't heard th- anything like even Michael Russo, who I know is on this show, uh, you know, countless times. I, I haven't heard a thing, not not one little nugget, and, and it hasn't been a part of our conversations at all. That's a very good question. Um, you wonder, right? I mean, you, you do wonder, but you know, the, the bottom line is the way this team is set up right now with the contributions they're getting. From some of their role players on this roster, yep. and the moves that Bill Guerin's made. I mean, you look at some of these moves. I mean, there, there were a lot of question marks when the Wild weren't able to keep Ian Cole and when Carson Soucy got plucked by Seattle. That third pair last year was a real difference maker for this team. It's the reason they got in the playoffs. It's the reason they were so competitive in that seven-game series against Vegas. And all of us that cover the team, when, when those players disappeared, we're like, well, what are we going to do? And he goes out and and gets Kulikov. He goes out and gets Ben. He goes out and gets Merrill. And all these guys, all three of them, Bob, are playing fantastic hockey. And, you know, Kalen Addison, who's just knocking at the door, uh, got his first NHL goal here earlier this year. I mean, he is one of those guys you know is going to be an NHL defenseman. He can't get in here. And even with Spurgeon out, those guys are playing so well, he still can't get a kick at the can. His last game uh, he hopped in and played forward when Goudreau came down with the COVID-19 protocol bit. So it's amazing to me how this thing has kind of been pieced back together and how much success they're having because this is a team I think before the year all of us would have said, hey, you know, they're, they're likely going to be in the mix to make the playoffs. But you know, who knows after that? And in, in a month and a half, two months now, we've gone from that to being, my God, this team can win the division. This team could have home ice in the playoffs. and could be a real cup contender. It's It's been quite the transformation.
0: Well, I got a lot of depth. And uh, one more thing just on Ben. I mean, the orders ultimately signed Cuckoo, but they were in discussion with Ben as well, depending upon how that went and represented by Ben. Uh uh, with Bane Pettinger's group of CAA and uh, a Victoria kid, and that's where Bane's from, and Bane obviously uh, is tight with Tyson Berry as well. Kevin, look, we we appreciate having you on the show. Uh, we'll do this again down the road. Try to stay well. It's not that big of a deal. You're, I mean, you're, you're from Minneapolis and St. Paul. This, this, <laughs> this, it, we just had the Cali guys up here complaining about the fact that it was minus 14 on Sunday morning. This is hockey weather, man. You know what I mean? This is it's
1: beautiful. It's balmy for this time of year. So, yeah, tell those California guys to toughen up, Buttercup. This is hockey weather.
0: You nailed it. Thanks for your time, Kevin. You got it, Bob. That is Kevin Gorg. He's our Oilers now headliner for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-K, H-A-U-K today. When we come back, we'll wrap up with this day in Oilers history. You're listening to Oilers now. Leon Dry settled at 55.5% on the power play. Playing 2250 per game. He's plus 15 this year. He's got the second best plus minus in the National Hockey League over the last two seasons. Only Mackenzie Weaker of the Florida Panthers is better. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years for a menu. And a there are 14 Edmonton and area locations, go online, royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The stopper recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. As we head off to listening to Oilers History for New West Travel, looking for a great Oilers road trip, you can fly nonstop to Nashville with Flair Airlines to watch the Oilers play for just 1750 bucks. Call New West Travel or go online, newwesttravel.com. All right. On the date. 1982, the great one, Wayne Gretzky. Wayne from the Edmonton Operation extends his NHL's uh, record-breaking uh, point streak to 30 games, 24 goals and 52 assists. 76 points in his first 30 games that year. Oilers beat the Blues 3-2. That's this day in Oilers history for New West Travel. Again, we got the roadie to Smashville to Nash, Vegas. It'll take place in April. We've already sold 40 or 50 spots. Got the whole plane uh, courtesy of Flair Airlines. A chance to see the Oilers play in Nashville. We'll have a little bit of an event there the day before the game for 1750 bucks. Call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. Here's what we got shaking tonight on 630 Chat. Uh, face-off show, 530. Puck drop, 7 o'clock. It'll be uh, Cam Moon. Myself, Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, of course, Jack Michaels, also part of the Oilers Radio Network. Jack uh, and Louie and uh, Gene on the TV side will be uh, popping in for an appearance as well along with Joaquin Gage. Tomorrow, NHL Network, uh, Brian Lawton. A uh, former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning will be on the show. David Staples, provincial affairs columnist and cult to hockey writer from the Edmonton Journal and our NHL insider for legacy heating and cooling, John Shannon. Special thanks uh, today uh, from Sarah Fox as well as Kellen Kennedy for pinch hitting for Brendan Escott, who's a huge part of the show. Uh, hopefully we'll have Brendan back tomorrow. Up next, the global news weather traffic update, and that is with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, and then the 6.30 chat afternoons with Jayla and I. Back at you at 5.35 on the Face Off Show.